Good morning. Uh, you are tuned in to the Talk and Shed podcast. Uh, again, Adam Fennig here with Cody Cisco. Cody, what's going on this morning? Oh, not much. We are driving to go see a couple of guys here in southern Indiana today. Well, I shouldn't say southern anywhere. Indiana. Kind of moderately. E- kind of east central. <clears throat> yeah. Is uh, kind of our target area today. Is, yeah, is where we're headed. You guys listened in last week, and we were headed in the indiana region and some of this today is picking up guys that uh, weren't around or wanted to meet a different day and some of it is uh, uh some different leads cody you've got a guy uh, we're heading to on a jnm applicator yeah yeah so uh he's interested in a 60 foot jnm uh we're gonna go look at his trades here today and he's basically just getting out of the anhydrous deal because he's uh <clears throat> He basically what he's doing right now is he's running, uh, he's running both anhydrous and 28, and he just doesn't have the manpower to do both. So he's going to get out of the anhydrous deal because he does all of his anhydrous pre-plant. Right. He's going to go fully 28. Yep. Liquid 28. Cool. Cool. So since the last podcast, uh, depending on your uh, geography in the United States. Um, You've went through some uh, some heartache, um, mainly talking about the Buckeyes and Georgia uh, football game there over the yep. weekend. Um, you know, us being Buckeyes fans, we we were watching that, and uh, they hung in there. That was yeah. a good game. Yeah, that's both both games were good. The Michigan game. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. It just kind of seemed like uh, Michigan came out real flat the first half, and then they came back and. They they made it a good game and the uh, the Buckeyes game it was it was just kind of a slugfest the entire game it was yeah. it was a great game really good game to watch yeah so. I I couldn't believe how well the Buckeyes showed up um, you know how well C J Stroud which you know he was basically trying out for an NFL team on that game yeah. you know he he missed the Heisman deal. Um, so it was pretty much either show up that game or, or join the crowd with some of the other fellow Buckeyes that uh, made a big splash but, but didn't last. Yep. Um, and, man, did he show up. You know, I think you, you boil that game down and, and you look at what happened. You know, rolling into the fourth quarter, Georgia had their foot on the gas, and Ohio State was just hoping that clock would tick away. Yeah. Um, and so I think their conservative actions got got the best of them a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. Granite Day went for that uh, fourth and one fake punt, and uh, Kirby, well, Kirby's spotters sniffed it out, I should say. Yeah. And uh, I think they should have went for it, brought the offense back in after that uh, sniffed out fake punt yeah. and got that fourth and one. Uh, but, but conservative play got the best of them and in georgia they never let off the gas in the fourth quarter and it some run plays there on that last uh series and and then you know you're relying on a a kicker to win the game when really the game should have been won before the kicker ever had to come out on the field yeah so yeah it's not the not the nfl yeah, a little different. A huge botched kick. I mean, it was it was a bad kick, but like I said, it should have been one before that. Yeah. So, so yeah, 
that happened you know uh new year's hopefully everyone has a a happy new year and had a a good long extended weekend we had uh friday afternoon and all day monday off i know that was pretty dang nice yeah um so we we had that back-to-back weeks that's that's going to be hard to break that cycle yeah but but, uh, it's uh time to get back in the groove of things uh stuff's starting to heat up again so it's well it's part of it well i mean it's 2023 now you know and uh we're going to plant corn uh sooner than later you know guys in in texas they're going to be doing it in february yeah already i mean call me crazy but we're gonna i mean around here we're gonna be planting corn in three months Eh, you're crazy um you told me to yeah but uh yeah it's a, a lot going on you know we we went over some plans yesterday for uh for the new uh shop and office and and uh showroom down there at wabash um we've been working out of there at the new facility a little bit utilizing some of the the great features then shut in the shop but we had a, a construction company draw up some plans for the main building which would be you know office space and um you know a showroom and oh my gosh that place is going to be pretty sweet yeah Uh, yeah definitely (laughs) i mean you know imagine imagine a building with glass windows in the front you can see into this showroom and you know you can have a bbi spreader or uh jm applicator it's gonna have a 20 foot wide garage door Mm -hmm. um you know put something there front and center and then some sales guys will have offices right there in the showroom to to be able to uh handle the the walk-in customers who are kind of looking and and kicking tires and want to learn more Mm -hmm. and then there will be a receptionist that kind of uh guides everyone to where they need to go whether they're picking stuff up and a parts counter right there and then behind all that is going to be all the offices mm-hmm. um man it's it's going to be a total game changer on what we're doing yeah yeah um, i agree have a actual good storefront and uh it, it's just going to build yeah build us yeah the efficiencies through the roof mm-hmm. you know any inefficiency that we carry with us right now that we've had to live with and and just deal with will disappear yeah, I, I think it'll it'll just be amazing uh, at the time saved. Um, not only loading customers, but the communication we'll be able to have from everyone basically being in one building. Um, you know, the warehouse isn't in a detached area; it, it's right there. You just walk through some doors, and there's the forklift, and Austin, and Jason, and and uh, customer pickups, and it'll be good. Yeah, it'll yeah, be good. Definitely. It'll be a long road, you know. They're gonna start tearing out some stuff here this week. It sounds like, mm-hmm. and it'll be you know July, August, or later. But that's how it goes. But uh, we're starting on it, and uh, yeah, we went over those yesterday. That'll be exciting. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Pump for it. Uh, ready to get over there. I think everybody is. I know our shop guys definitely are. Which they've kind of kind of already transitioned a little bit most of them have anyway 
Oh, we're going to have a hard time getting those guys back into the little shop. I know it. I know it. <laughs> About every morning, they just drive down there. They don't yep. even they don't even stop in. But we got a lot of Salford tools in to build, a lot of J&Ms to build. We're mm-hmm. kind of, all of a sudden, we got, you know, like a blizzard, we got covered up in, in equipment to build. Yep. Uh, for three months, we were kind of just waiting around for the stuff to come in mm-hmm. sure we had projects to do but now all of a sudden boom here it is the calendar's turned the clock's ticking and uh it's it's go time once again and uh we're we're more ready for it than than we've ever been yeah but yeah i mean we've we've been doing planner jobs already and you know last year i don't think we started on a planner job until after the first of the year so right we are eons ahead of where we were i think we've got probably three or four of them done already here this year so yep but uh that's actually what we're going to talk about today that is the topic of today's conversation i felt like you know it's just the right time of year um the calls are coming in Mm -hmm. i've got an an ad out there in farm world hopefully everyone has seen it Mm -hmm. um if you have give us a shout out so i know that our marketing dollars are working um i had a guy from kentucky call me on that ad yesterday so that's a good feeling yeah um but yeah i you know there's so many ways to planter fertilizer is is a bigger topic than what we have got batteries for in this recorder today yeah but i want to hone in on what we do what we see experience of experiences customers have had and you know if you're kicking around planter fertilizer uh we want to make it a less daunting task we want to make it easy i mean it's something that we seriously specialize in Mm -hmm. and uh i think we've got some very very good mouse traps uh to get your planter fertilizer down in an efficient manner and and not allow it to keep you uh, from planting corn. Yeah. So, um, I kind of figured we would, we would just start on a, on a broad range, you know, and talk two by two versus in furrow, you know, to kind of start with. And I don't mean that as far as like which one you need to do, but I'm talking, you know, there's a difference in pumps because there's a difference in rates. So Mm -hmm. let's, let's dive into what we usually do if a guy wants to add in furrow or quote unquote pop-up fertilizer mm-hmm. to his call it a 12 row planter and uh, let's say he's doing three gallon an acre which mm-hmm. is a common you know common rate yep. he's doing um you know planting at five and a half mile an hour it's not a high speed rig yep and uh he wants to keep it simple okay so 12 row three gallon an acre uh, wants to keep it simple. Mm-hmm. What what's your move? Uh, well, first and foremost, if he's going to be doing in furrow, um, my first go-to is either a totally tubular or putting it out the Keaton seat firmer. Yeah, uh, that that's the number one move there. And, uh, and, it, and it boils down to this: it's either one or the other. Yeah, you either put it through the Keaton or you put it through the totally tubular. Yeah, and the difference is the uh, totally tubular can put that product underneath the seed Mm -hmm. the keaton will coat the seed correct okay so you need to talk to your suppliers maybe they're putting 
a uh, an insecticide yeah in there with it yeah um uh, pivot bio is one of those that has to go over the seed sure some mm-hmm. of these products have to go yeah. over the seed so mm-hmm. boom all of a sudden we're narrowed down to you got to run a keaton yeah which is fine mm-hmm. but that's decision number one keaton yep. totally tubular mm-hmm. and those are differences so from there let's say we've we've honed in on the keaton the new quick attach keaton mm-hmm. um now where do we go so from there uh Usually, no matter what, we usually set up guys with uh, uh, some set of uh, some set of tank to hold this because usually guys are uh, like, say it's a John Deere seventeen seventy or something along those lines. Well, there's a piece on there that you can add a three hundred gallon tank. That that's where we put that out the back. Yeah, out the back. Yeah. So that one's pretty easy to just throw up there mount it and you're good to go Mm -hmm. um so usually it's tank about where we're going to have what we're going to be putting on and how much capacity is usually second um and there are so many different options out there it it, it's yeah you know mum's the word it all boils down to uh you know customer preference at that point right you know how often you know if you're doing three gallon an acre on a 300 gallon tank you're going to go roughly a hundred acres right you know that's a long time so um does he need that much weight is he worried about compaction so tanks i always just kind of leave that up to the customer mm-hmm. um from there i would go to the pump yeah yeah i would go pump um and then furrow system a guy going five you know five and a half mile an hour uh, usually an electric uh, motor is where is where we're going to send you an electric yeah. pump. I mean that's just super simple, easy to easy to navigate, not very hard to control. Um, you know it'll have a whisker switch with it uh, being an option. That, you know, and, so. and what that does to clarify is you know a whisker switch will trigger when you raise and lower your planter it'll automatically turn that pump on and off yes um so basically we would put a seven gallon a minute electric pump on there Mm -hmm. and um your flow would be regulated uh via pressure basically in orifices correct yes so with the electric pump there's what they call a motor driver Mm -hmm. uh it's a circuit board that gives and takes away amperage uh, from the pump to speed it up and slow it down based on the settings that you have set in your cab. Mm-hmm. So we use a product called a Benco motor driver. And what we'll do is, you know, Cody will do the math on your gallon per minute per row. Yeah. So he'll take the speed times the spacing times the target rate and there's a math equation to come up with how many gallons per row at five and a half mile an hour are you going to spit out and it's usually something like uh, 0.2 or 0.02 it's a very small number and we're going to correlate an orifice Mm -hmm. or a surefire metering tube whichever way you want to go to that rate and then cody's going to pick a pressure so typically we like to run 20 to 30 PSI, so call it 25. Mm-hmm. So if you tell your Benco to always run at 25 PSI, it's going to give your pump enough amperage 
to be running at 25 psi and we know that with number call it 37 orifice at 25 psi it's going to allow the correct amount of gallons per minute through that hole correct yes so one whenever we run that algorithm that's why we always ask those questions as far as you know well you know what kind of spacing you're on you know uh, what speed all of that stuff because we need we need that information to complete the algorithm um, once we do that you know like Adam said you know we set the pressure and uh, you know if you want to go up a little bit if you don't think you're putting on enough you know you can always bump it up and go up a little bit um, it's all going to be based off of that nice t-jet chart that has the orifices on there that tells you how much you're spitting out but you would have to rerun your algorithm say if you're changing speed or something like that right so it's the, going to fluctuate a little bit yeah so that's what i would do on a <clears throat> inferro kit like that mm -hmm. you know the benco motor driver sure it's a little display up in the cab but it's nothing to be afraid of mm -hmm. it's super simple it'll keep you accurate all the time yeah. and uh of course we would have a red ball flow monitor system in there and those are going to serve two purposes they're going to show you if you've got a blockage and they are also going to be your distribution manifold um, a lot of these ground drive pumps have got a stainless steel round distributor like a 18 port yeah. distributor on them and i'm not a huge fan of how those things work um so we always put the red balls in place of those mm -hmm. um so we would go from the electric pump up to the red balls with a single hose mm -hmm. and then the red balls would then be our branch out from one hose to 12 hose now there's a big key in in a lot of guys question the accuracy and row to row and how we get all that nailed down is kind of what we talked about with the orifice. And, and understanding what the orifice does is a big piece to mastering uh, your uh, serviceability on your planter fertilizer kit. An right. orifice is designed to create pressure. Mm -hmm. Basically, we're gonna put it in line and it is gonna have a teeny tiny hole punched in it and it is going to obviously create back pressure imagine if you had a garden hose and it had an end on it with a valve and mm -hmm. you start to turn that valve shut what happens the water starts to really shoot out of there you're going to get less volume but higher pressure because it's creating back pressure on that hose an orifice acts in the same fashion it has to create back pressure so that each row is getting an even amount of product Correct. You can imagine if you did not have orifices in the row, all the product would just be kind of dripping through a three-eighths or quarter-inch line, mm -hmm. and it would just really slowly, gradually flow through there. Well, what would happen is, coming out the red balls, the first two or three rows closest to the center of the red ball, that's where all the product goes. Yeah. Because it's always going to take the path of least resistance mm -hmm. and it's never going to get pushed all the way out to your furthest rows to the left and right. So an orifice is there to almost be like your thumb over the garden hose and create back pressure so that that product does want to go out and has enough pressure to try and find the path of least resistance and it all of a sudden goes out to the very far ends. So orifices 
regulate flow. And when I say orifices and in furrow, heck, there's one right there. Jeez. A deer right along the road. <laughs> um, when we're talking orifices. That's a buck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Yeah, he's a big one. When we're talking orifices and uh, regulating flow on in furrow, that orifice size is going to be super tiny on a, you know, three-gallon an acre planter especially a 12 row mm -hmm. so surefire metering tubes would be a decent route to go as well um those are a another option um i say that because sometimes that hole in that orifice can get so small that you can get some plugging effects if your product isn't super super clean and filtered really well correct so that's the gist. I think it's important to understand why we use orifices, what they do, and uh, yeah. The the other one to understand before we jump into other things would be a check valve. Mm -hmm. A check valve is a little plastic piece that's located as close to the row as possible. And what the check valve does is when you raise your planter and basically the pump shuts off, if you don't have a check valve in line, every ounce of product from the red ball down to the row is going to just dribble out and run out the back of your planter as you're lifted and, and twisting mm -hmm. to turn around. A check valve has got a little spring and a gasket in there. And when there is five pounds or less of pressure in the system, that spring is pushing against the gasket, which is closing the line. When the pump fires back up and you create 25 pounds of pressure, that is enough pressure to push that spring and gasket open, and now it flows through. Mm -hmm. Your pump shuts off, the spring closes off, and what it's doing is it's locking that fertilizer from dribbling out every time you raise and lower. So that's a check valve, and it, it saves uh, a lot of dribbling on the ends, makes it pretty clean. So, yeah. yep. So that's kind of a quick rundown of an Inferro kit. Mm -hmm. You've got your tanks, whatever size you want, uh, an electric pump with a Benco motor driver, red balls, and Keaton seed firmers. Yep. Pretty straightforward system, and that thing is going to be so trouble-free, it's mm -hmm. crazy. Yeah. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, going to the 2x2 two -two system of fertilizer, uh, you know, we're going to be either... So, usually the first object is is how are we going to apply it um and that's where the big toss-up begins yeah yeah you know do you have to get it in the ground you know that is what everybody's main concern is oh well i've, I've got to get it in the ground well from what we've seen that isn't always necessarily completely true different products can hold different different things but yes i guess to summarize it um you know, we're using a lot of that totally tubular stainless tubes out the back, mm -hmm. to be blunt. We're yeah. using a lot of them. You know, for years, uh, we've tried to get creative uh, and and use different single disc openers mm -hmm. on both sides of the row. You know, you're talking thousands of dollars mm -hmm. per row. We, you know, there's, there's the conceals, again, thousands of dollars per row. Yeah. And I'm telling you, I have thrown those stainless tubes at the pickiest of farmers who look and pay attention to every detail, who swore they would never put fertilizer on their planter unless it was buried exactly 2.17 inches deep mm -hmm. on two and a half inches 
each side of the row. And I'm I'm here to tell you they have they are very pleased with it today mm-hmm. uh, because they don't have to deal with the bearings, they don't have to deal with the blades. Yep. Yeah. They don't have to deal with the potential downtime of plugging. Yeah. It doesn't alter their planter. Mm-hmm. It doesn't rust the snot out of their brand new planter. Yep. Because it's out the back. Yep. It doesn't touch everything. Anything. Yep. And and something that we need to realize. Um, is we can't let our fertilizer system keep us from planting corn. Correct. If if you've got a system that's, oh, it's row-by-row shut-off, I've got a flow meter on every row, it's ran through this fancy monitor, and it, it costs just shy of, of what my planter did uh, to meter out, at, you know, um, 10 gallon to the acre, there's likely you're you're gonna have downtime. You're gonna have off season repairs, bearings, mm-hmm. you're gonna have plugging issues, uh, you're gonna have technical issues, uh, where you're gonna have to call several times to get things rolling. Yeah. Um, flow meters are gonna get clogged up. Now whereas out the back is just so dang simple and it, it works. Yeah. You know, usually in the spring there's moisture there. It typically rains within ten days of planting. It's not like it's ninety degrees. It's gonna be, you know, fifties and at night and it's mm-hmm. gonna be maybe sixties during the day, yeah. maybe seventies. Um yeah. and uh you know we're not laying down uh you know a lot of product on on concrete hard ground right correct um it's able to get absorbed into the ground fairly easily for the most part um you know i've always uh, you know a lot of guys that i've talked to that are you know those guys that are dead set on getting it into the ground you know exactly what you said i mean oh well I, i i i've got a hard time of just wasting fertilizer well realistically if you think about it you know it's a little different whenever you're going in and doing it at that time frame it's not like you said not near as hot it's easier to get it into the ground all of that stuff and it's orifice you know the exact same way as what an inferro system is so it's super simple there are no blades going in the ground you don't need extra down pressure to get that unit into the ground you know our seat placement is the one thing that needs to be the most accurate that is the first step into planning anything is making sure our seed placement is correct well whenever you put blades into the ground to hinder that are you doing yourself a justice by putting more blades into the ground and not being able to get it into the ground right and you know don't get me wrong we've we've used several disc openers Mm -hmm. over the years attached to the row unit and we can make it work you're going to have to have delta force for sure and uh it can be done mm-hmm. no doubt it can be done if you're dead set on getting it in there we can do it but your planner is going to have to be set up to do so mm-hmm. and there's going to be wear points so for the guys that call me up and 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 want this trouble free system i always run to the totally tubulars now yep if you got all kinds of labor and and you're willing to take the time and, and realize that there's a little bit of downtime on startup hey we can talk 
you know, dual Martin UMOs. We can talk Yetter 2968s mm-hmm. uh, out the back, and, and we can get some stuff on there. Now, Jeff Worley also says a lot, well, maybe we need to start putting this into two different passes. Yeah. And he's not wrong either, and what he means there is, why don't we do all of our fertilizer in front of the planter with the strip freshener, you know, the product that they came out with that's designed to create perfect seed beds, and get all of this weight off the planter, get all the stress off the planting guy. He's got enough to worry about on right. Well, this guy's got to bring me seed, and oh, I'm going to run out, and oh, shoot, I got to fill with fertilizer. Yep. You know, by the end of the day, he's just fried. So, what happens when we take all this fertilizer and we just put it on a separate bar and run it in front of the planter? Yeah. And, and Jeff has, has advocated for that for a long time, and I've got several customers doing so. Yeah. And uh, I think that that is uh, a nice route of doing it. But there's still, you know, we're still going to want to stay efficient and, and guys that don't have the labor to do that. And so the planter fertilizer uh, or hanging tanks off of planter frames, I think it's going to go on until eternity. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's uh, that we've talked a lot about this. And we, we've drug on and rambled on probably long enough mm-hmm. about out the back and in the ground. That, that's yeah. that's going to be up to the customer. We, we can do yeah. whatever you want to do. Um, but just know up front some of the downsides. You know, if, if I were to sell you some of those products that I rattled off in a seed, you know, in a dual placement colder option to get it below the ground, you're going to be, you know, every bit of 1,000 to 1,200 per row. Okay. So take that times 12, you know, call it 10 to $14,000. Whereas the totally tubular out the back is a hundred. So $1,200 versus 14,000. So if we are losing product, putting it out the back, how much can we lose before we pay for the difference? Exactly. You know, 10 10 to $12,000. How much fertilizer can that buy you? Mm Mm-hmm. And we never want to lose any. Right. But we also just have to factor in, and, and I'm, I'm looking at it from a service standpoint. You know, a guy calls me, oh, the, these are plugging in my cover crops or something like that. And it's like, you know, dang it, we worked really hard to, to get the product and, and it got bolted on right. And, and now we're having a little bit of issue with it. And, you know, in the heat of the battle, what's going to happen is they're just going to get ripped off and thrown and then on a pile. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and then we're going to sort circle back to it next year and try to tackle it. So from a service standpoint and, and, and keeping a customer uh, satisfied and rolling and making their planner run as smooth and as efficiently as possible, I'm, I'm running to the TT300s yeah. all day long. That That's where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, so... So yeah, um, from there, you know, you pick your mode of action. Uh, from there, it gets a lot, uh, a lot more options on the two by two, just because we're putting out more product. Yeah. You know, a three hundred gallon tank on a twelve row, putting down fifteen gallon the acre. I mean, you're still talking twenty acres. That's still a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're likely going to want to carry more and more product on something like this. So yeah. So take a seventeen seventy what are options there on tanks uh so we'd probably throw so center mount tanks 
uh, we're gonna go with like probably like a 500. Yeah. Um, if it's a box planer, we might think about a 750. Yeah. Depending on what the guys want to do, usually the guys want to stray away from the 750s if they're center fills. Um, and or we can add wing tanks to uh, create more capacity to spread the weight out. Right. So that's that's kind of the tank options there. Or uh, you know, uh, uh, we've even added uh, some some uh, tanks on the tractor as well. That that's a big one that that we don't talk about enough. Mm -hmm. You know, a nose tank, three hundred gallon fast, yep. or a seven hundred gallon uh, yield three sixty tank. Yeah, those yield three sixty tanks get overlooked, in my opinion. Yeah, I I think so too. You know, they're they're sleek. Mm -hmm. uh, seven hundred gallons is a lot, and man, do they hide them really well on those things. Yep. They're they're low profile. They don't block a lot of your vision. Um, those things are sweet. I mean, I have guys that just leave them on year round. How many gallons do those things hold? Seven hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you know, they come with a really nice fill out the front. Um, yeah, that that's that's a great option too. You don't have to worry about fitting anything on a planter. Mm -hmm. um, you just do it that way. Yeah. Yeah, and then pump options, uh, piston pumps. Um, John Blue ground drives common here. Yep. You know, it, if a guy is wanting to keep it super simple. Yep. And 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 I, when I say simple, we're not sacrificing accuracy. No. When we're talking John Blue pumps, by mm -hmm. any means, you're going to be just as accurate with the John Blue piston pump as you are a hydraulic pump with a rate controller or the fancy row by row flow meters yep. on the row flow you're going to be just as accurate yeah yeah just as long as we're maintaining the pressure to go down the metering tubes and the orifices right it doesn't matter um and then like you kind of hinted there uh hydraulic pumps with a rate controller of some sort is the other option yeah, so you, you've either got John Blue or you've got hydraulic with a rate controller. Yep. If you're running, I boil it down like this. If you're on a green planter with a green tractor and you've got a 2630 and you want to go hydraulic drive, I'm going John Deere rate controller all day. Yep. Um, so we'll put a flow meter in there, do two or three section valves. Mm -hmm. If you've got the auto shut off, unlock on your 2630. Um, and and run it through. We'll get a an ISO Y splitter from Ag Express, and uh, and do do it that way. It'll be ran through the the John Deere monitor. If you've got a red tractor and a red planter, or even red tractor blue planter, uh, and you want to go rate controller, I'm going Raven ISO. Um, so it's going to run through your Pro 700 or your Pro 1200. Um, again, we'd get an ISO Y splitter and, and run it that way. So basically you would have um, a rate controller that pops up on your screen. It's going to know your speed and there's going to be a valve back there that's constantly butterflying to let more or less product through the flow meter uh, to get on your target rate. So basically if you speed up and slow down, it's going to automatically adjust uh, your rate now typically the issue we run into with hydraulic pumps is having enough hydraulic ports on to these supply. tractors yes. yeah to with supply. the planter it's they're typically all tied up mm -hmm. so if that's the case um 
you know, we can either get creative and pull off some CCS fans or we could just go ground drive. I mean, it's because with the ground drive, it's, it's automatically speed compensated, you know, um, when we're running off of a ground contact wheel, you're already, uh, you know, it, as you speed up, obviously the wheel's going to spin faster. It's going to put out more product, uh, to get you more product per acre. Yeah. So, so yeah, that, those are your options there. Um, now I want to, that's really your, your two by two and, and intro conversations. If you were to call in today and, and ask us to talk about those that we could just put the phone down and, and, and push the recording of this podcast, it would, it would be the same. Those yeah. are the questions we would ask and, and how it would come out. Mm-hmm. Now, what got us into the planter fertilizer game and, and what makes us um, kind of specialize in it, I think, is a lot of these tank brackets yeah. is, is what sets us apart. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many times do you get a call saying, hey, I have a DB60 2023-year model, 20-inch planter. Any way you can get tanks on that thing? Yeah. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, that happened this year. Mm-hmm. A gentleman from Twitter hit us up said, hey, I saw online all these pictures you guys have. I need tanks. Well, we specialize in designing and fabricating not only tanks, but a, a wide variety of products. But in the planter fertilizer arena, it's really set us apart. Mm-hmm. And uh, why don't you kind of talk through that one that you and Devin are doing? Uh, so, yeah, I'm talking to this gentleman out of Illinois, and he goes, Hey, you know, I'm getting a brand new DB60 planter. It's going to be in 20 inches. So, okay. And uh, got some pictures of it. FaceTimed him a little bit. Tried to get our heads wrapped around it. Uh, actually found a planter here locally that is very similar. Um, so we went out there the one day. and Devin kind of whipped his magic as far as molding metal like it's Play-Doh and He's like, okay, this is what I got. Let's go fit it up, see what it looks like. All right, yep, sounds good. So we can get there and fit it up, and it fits. And so we're gonna we they're at powder coat right now, and we're gonna get them rolling. So a lot of times, what we do, what Cody kind of skipped over, is you know we go out and find a planner uh, to pretty much match what you've got. You yeah. know. It, Especially if it's kind of a, a unique one like a 2023 DB 60 20 inch, you know, that's not something we're just gonna kind of guess and, and hope yeah. it works, especially when we're shipping them to Illinois. Yeah, but um, yeah, so a lot of times, like yesterday, I was I was working on a guy with it from Kentucky on an eight row front fold 7200, mm-hmm. and uh, I was looking at past pictures of projects of ones that we've done to get a good idea of them so uh what we do is we design and draw up all these brackets and then we save them in our files we've got kyle who works on the computer to draw all these products on on the uh, solidworks drawings and then we spit out the laser cut pieces weld them together and powder coat them um and then we've got a finished product and that's that's very unique uh to us you know a guy could call up with a planner that we've never even done before 
uh, you know, I don't know, a, a 22 inch 1775 high speed and he wants a center tank and, and two wings. Mm-hmm. You know, it, you're not going to find that anywhere. Um, but we, we can go look at the planner and draw up brackets that will work and provide all the hardware and everything in a turnkey package. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what's gotten us here. And then we also do a lot of on-farm installs is kind of a big thing too, you know, and we do that for many reasons. I'm working with a guy in Kentucky right now. He's pricing a John Blue uh, ground drive for a infra, uh, two by two system. Uh, you know, so he'll need a two inch fill kit, red ball kit, uh, the totally tubulars and, and super nice guy. And he's like, man, you know, I'm in Kentucky. I think that if you just ship me the parts, I could probably piece it together. Um, and he's not wrong, but he's going to end up getting probably 400 different parts, you know, and, and four different sizes of hose and, Mm -hmm. you know, where in the heck does he start? Right. And so that's why we do a lot of on the road installs is, you know, our guys will pre-build a lot of it here at our place. We'll put the red balls together and get the tank and the bracket and stuff. And then when we get to your farm, we're just kind of bolting on, running lines, and away we go. Mm-hmm. Um, that's totally different from uh, making sure everything fits in a few crates and shipping it on down the road uh, and, and the customer receiving it. So um, we can do a planner install in pretty much a day. You know, there's some of them that are going to take two or three. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and when it's done, it's going to be right versus ship something to a customer it could take several phone calls and and maybe a little bit of confusion on well shoot what did i ship him anymore i don't remember that was three weeks ago yeah and this and that so uh, the on farm deal uh sets us apart as well and i think customers really enjoy that you know Mm -hmm. this guy from kentucky's kicking around we're either going to bring it with us uh to the louisville farm show Mm -hmm. or we're going to install it sometime between here and then yeah so Yep. Um, so yeah, it you know it, it's kind of something we specialize in. Not only that, but we carry most of the products. We've got the tank brackets pre-made. We've got the tanks in stock. Mm-hmm. We've got hundreds. We pre-ordered probably three hundred totally tubulars. We've got yeah. Keaton's in stock. We we don't run a just-in-time inventory, especially on our in-season planner stuff. It's just mm-hmm. not how we work. So. Right. You know, this guy from Kentucky, I keep bringing him up, but, you know, yesterday he says, ah, I'm probably late to the ball game. You know, when could I get this stuff? I said, man, I've got everything made but your tank brackets themselves. Yeah. You know, I've yeah, got exactly. I've got your pump. I've got all this. And he, he couldn't believe it. Yeah. Um, so yesterday I, I wrapped up a, <clears throat> a planner job on a brand new 1775 high speed doing a dual product john blue piston pump Mm -hmm. with a center 500 gallon with uh, totally tubulars out the back and uh in furrow totally tubular in furrow Mm -hmm. um and he's going to be going anywhere from five mile an hour to 10 mile an hour right with that planter so that's going to get interesting with the metering tubes but i've got surefire taking care of that for me but that's going to be a neat deal um you know he's just he's going to install that all himself but you know whatever you guys have in, in mind that fits your operation that you want to do with planter fertilizer let us know we can get it done 
Yeah, I, I have yeah, no definitely. no question. Mm-hmm. We we will get it done. We'll get the planter tanks mounted. We'll get the we'll get it all done. Mm-hmm. And you know when we talk planter fertilizer, we we can't forget to to look at the other focal points of the planter, such as the row cleaners and the closing wheels. Right. You know I don't want to make this podcast sound like an advertisement because you know we are talking planter fertilizer and it i more just want to describe how it works rather than hey you need to put fertilizer on your planter right exactly but if if we're to the point in the process of your planter in which you're wanting to put fertilizer on it we should already have the no-till cold removed Mm -hmm. you should probably have a row cleaner floating row cleaner of some brand or flavor on there Yes. And we should have a closing wheel, preferably the Yetter Poly Twister, yeah. on that planter mm-hmm. before we even talk planter fertilizer. Yes. I say that because if if we're putting fertilizer on a planter that's got cast closing wheels and no-till colders, I don't think you're going to see the a, a big benefit because you've got other underlying issues that we need to take care of first. Yeah, we need to address them first. You, you, yes. You've got... You've got residue in the furrow. You've got hair pinning. You've got a no-till colder bouncing your unit. You've got too much down pressure. Um, you've got slots that aren't closed and lost emergence mm-hmm. and, and late bloomers yeah. from your closing wheels. Yep. So we need to look at that stuff first and, and then tackle the, the planter fertilizer system. Yeah. Yep. I agree. But... I don't know. It's that time of year, and those calls are day in and day out right now, three or four of them a day. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I couldn't help but jump on here and, and want to talk about them because I know people are always eager to learn about it. We do. I've done um, some videos on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've even done some, uh, I forget what we even call that anymore, like a webcast with uh webinar yeah Yeah. webinar Mm -hmm. with some guys in the past you know hour-long webinars going through planter fertilizer and and how it works and and you know it can seem very intimidating but i'm telling you we we can make it super simple and then we can also take it to the next level we've got the tender trailers yeah you know so we've got storage tanks Mm -hmm. we've got the pumps you know the the big they call them trash pumps. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got all that, so we we can set you up from storage to transport to planter down into the seed. Yeah. So. Yep. Um, we can make a task that's intimidating and daunting, and and we can flip it around to to be pretty simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a lot of what I've got right now. Um, you know, today's Thursday. The week is almost over already. We're a week from today. We'll be halfway through the month already of January. Yeah, crazy. We, we've got Fort Wayne Farm Show coming up in what ten days? Yeah, something like that. I yeah, I don't I don't even remember when it is. It's not next week, but the week after. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, stuff's flying by, and uh, we appreciate all the listeners out there. We've we've heard a lot of, of feedback. I had a guy call me the other day. He said, I feel like I know you. And I kind of paused like, hmm, I don't think I know you. He said, well, <laughs> I've listened to every one of your podcasts. I said, ah, oh, cool. And, uh, 
yeah so it's been uh it's been fun we enjoy doing them and uh it's just a, a nice quick uh 45 minutes to an hour of of time we like to do them in the morning get our brains going yeah get things turning before the phones ring uh we wouldn't dare do this between eight and five we wouldn't be able to talk for that long without our phones going off and uh so yep so yeah it's uh sun's coming up it's going to be a beautiful day and uh we're we're here in indiana we're going to go see some customers so yeah yep sounds good all right well i got that's all we've got on the planter fertilizer deal and uh we appreciate everyone tuning in And we will have another podcast for you guys next week. Mm -hmm. And we'll see you on the next one. Yep. See you guys.